podcast where you send me your question and I help guide you to your higher self, the part of you that already has the answer. So how was your weekend? I had like a bachelor pad weekend because Kara went upstate with some friends, so I was riding solo at home with my cats. It was nice to get in some alone time. It's been a while. I've actually been really getting into learning about astrology and I've been watching these hours-long YouTube videos about it from the Astrology Podcast, which I recently discovered, and it's hosted by Chris Brennan. Anyway, so yeah, it feels like I'm back in school again. I get out my spiral notebook, I put the YouTube app on my big flat screen in the living room, I've got my snacks nearby, I have my natal chart up, and my coffee, and I've just been like sitting back and just learning. I think it's really good to keep learning new things, new healing modalities because you can always find a way to connect it to your personal practice. Like I was thinking about how astrology is like interpreting nature, how the planets affect us. And it made me think about our higher selves and how our higher selves find all these different forms of communicating care. How when we look at the trees or the flowers or the stars or the planets, we can sense our connection to the whole, that we're part of something greater than the limitations of our bodies and even our minds. It's a wisdom that can't be taught, but it can be recognized within ourselves. And that's what higher self is. It's the awareness of the whole, the wholeness in you that's part of a totality. It's the love we came from and the love that will always be there, the magical creative force that love is. Anyway, so yes, seeking out new ways of finding messages from the beyond is time well spent in my opinion. Don't worry, this is not going to be an astrology podcast. There are already tons of them out there and I'm still such a beginner, but it kind of makes a lot of sense because FYI, I have six planets in Libra, including my sun, my ascendant, and Venus. So that explained a lot in my mind about me seeing the dual perspective. Am I right? All right, so I got so many beautiful questions this week. Don't forget, if you need more questions and more answers, you can sign up to be a patron and receive access to the extended versions of all the episodes. So be sure to check that out. All right, let's get it started with the first question. Hi, Bunny. Um, Hi from Sweden. Um, I just uh, wanted to say thank you for your podcast and your art and everything it's I've recently well not that recently but I discovered it not that long ago and uh, it's really it's really made an impact on me so thanks for everything you're doing Um, my question is to do with healing from rejection so um, I definitely have abandonment issues that stems from like (laughs) parents not being there in a way that I needed them to be and also being bullied as a child uh, amongst other things Um, but I've also realized that it really manifests in the way that I relate to people now and especially in regards to people that I might be romantically or sexually interested in Um, so just (laughs) last Friday um, I was on a date a first date I've been on for two months since I was on another date and I hooked up with the person and, um, and, uh, uh, we talked afterwards. So we sent each other messages and I was like, I wasn't super into them, but I also wanted 
to maybe have sex again. Um, so I said that I was like, yeah, I'm not looking for anything serious. Um, but it would be cool to meet under similar circumstances. And, you know, if you would, if you would be up for it, if not, no worries. And then they responded being like, yeah, it's good to be like communicative. And yeah, I feel the same. And, uh, my schedule's a bit busy, but let's keep in touch. And, um, I replied being like, yeah, uh, definitely. And just, yeah, that's just right. Um, and then a few days later, I was like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And then five days later, they were like, I'm in my summer cottage. And I was like, okay, then. And that's the last I heard from them. And so on this date on Friday, um, which I was really excited about. And like, we matched on Tinder and she seemed cool. Um, and we were like having a lot of fun. And I was going up to the bar to buy another couple of beers and there was the person I hooked up with two months ago and I completely froze and um, became really awkward and really passively aggressive towards them and then when I came back to the table it's like I couldn't let it go and it kind of ruined the mood and yeah I think I I, I messed it up basically um I've since like calmed down about it but I was pretty anxious about it like during and, and straight after. Um, and, and my question to do, to you is, um, I feel like I have done a lot of work on like coming to terms with my abandonment issues. Like when I'm thinking about it, or when I'm meditating on it, or like, I feel like I've, I'm healing, but then I would be thrown into a situation like that. And it's like, I'm back at square one. And how do you like, how do you bridge how you like the peace you feel when you're by yourself with being in an actual situation around people and yeah like when something stressful like like socially stressful happens how do you how do you calm yourself from going into panic mode and and getting upset and and like basically I just projected a lot of like feelings of rejection and hurt that had really nothing to do with them um and and I realized that afterwards, but in that moment, I just got really, really angry. So yeah, that was my long-winded question. Thank you so much for answering. Um, please keep doing your podcast. I really love it. Um, thanks again. Bye. Just because we're working on our issues and our trauma doesn't mean we can't get our feelings hurt. We still have hearts. We're still sensitive. Someone once described to me that healing is like a spiral. It's not a ladder you climb and just keep going up and up and up. No, you're continually confronted with your issues, but every time you do it from a higher consciousness, a higher state of awareness than the last time, like reapproaching it on a spiral going up. You're not back at square one. The situation triggered your abandonment issues, but you still had the wherewithal to be able to distinguish the difference between what's happening now and what happened when you were a child and that it's not the same. So you are conscious of your triggers, which is amazing and has empowered you. But don't put this pressure on yourself that just because you're conscious of them that somehow you're failing at your healing because it still affects you. I want to go back a second to how this all started because I think in this day and age of dating apps and hookups, we don't talk enough about the emotional component of sex. 
Because if you're a sensitive person and you have sex with someone you don't know and then that person ghosts you, it can be a really hurtful situation. For some people, ghosting can be incredibly traumatic experience. And I don't think we take it seriously enough. I'm all for sex positivity. But you have to be able to understand your own boundaries when you practice it. Because if you have trauma and abandonment issues, then hooking up with someone you don't know could make you really vulnerable to these types of triggers. You rejected this person first, right? You didn't really like them. You told them afterwards that you didn't want anything serious, which I personally think could have been explained before the hookup. And it seemed like they wanted the same, right? But the truth is you don't know how that rejection affected them. They could have really liked you and been interested in pursuing something bigger, but they just wanted to save face and say, yeah, sure, I don't want anything serious either. And then they realized it wasn't good for them to just hook up. Or they didn't really want anything serious like you and didn't like you very much, which let me remind you is how you felt about them. So they didn't take any care at all with prioritizing meeting up with you or communicating with you clearly. How is this a rejection when you actually didn't like them in the first place? Don't you think part of them sense that on some level? When we have trauma, we have to be really mindful of how we take care of ourselves. I don't think as someone with abandonment trauma, which I have as well, can casually hook up without expecting some level of emotional vulnerability. I'm not saying don't hook up with people or don't hook up with people you don't know that well. I'm saying just be more mindful of your sensitivities so you can better prepare yourself. Our higher selves want us to make choices that aren't just about the short-term pleasure, but about long-term joy. And when we stop to take a moment and check in with our higher selves, especially around dating, we can save ourselves a lot of unnecessary drama. Don't beat yourself up for feeling hurt about this and for not being able to just brush it off right away. You feel things deeply. That's part of what makes you a compassionate, empathetic person. You don't have to prove to yourself that you're over your own issues. It's not about being over it. It's about working with it as best you can. Take care of yourself. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, An Outsider's Guide to Loving Yourself in a Tough World is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. Hi, Bunny. I have a question about being a supportive person to somebody else, whether it be a friend, a partner, a family member, um, or really anybody else, a community member, um, and setting boundaries so that you don't become too overwhelmed 
by other folks' stress and pain. Um, I think there's something pretty normal and almost natural about, I guess, what we kind of call empathy. But I think that we also owe it to ourselves and anybody else to um, allow boundaries so that we don't get too overwhelmed by other people's stress, right? So then we can be supportive in the long term. Um, I'm just pretty bad at doing that. <laughs> and I'm wondering um, if there's any perspective that you can give on how a higher self comes into play um, just around emotional boundaries and being there for people, but allowing yourself and that person individual space so that we can well, talk through things and offer support in other ways, but that um, it doesn't it doesn't end up being detrimental to our own health as well. Um, yeah, any insights? Super helpful. Thank you for all that y'all do. The best thing we can do for the people we love is be an example of how to take care of yourself. Seriously, when we have boundaries and stand by them, we're showing the people we care about how much they too deserve to get their needs met and not be apologetic for having them. In other words, you helping yourself is helping them. A lot of times we know we need more boundaries, but we just don't know how to communicate them. Because there's a part of us that is afraid that if we start making ourselves heard in a relationship, then we might lose that person in our life because we only see our value and how useful we are to people. But I guarantee you, the people that love you want you to be happy. They want you to take care of yourself. It might take them some time to get used to the change in your boundaries. You might have to explain it to them, but that's all part of building intimacy and understanding. Relationships are meant to grow with us. They evolve as we evolve. When you get too attached to the roles of giver and receiver, you lose yourself. And that's what I feel like you're experiencing right now. Like, who am I if I'm not being there for people? Well, it's high time to find out. One way to start is to take one day a week as a me day. One day where you are unavailable to other people because you're focusing on yourself. It could start when you're done with work if that's necessary, but let everyone in your life that needs to know understand that on this day, you're busy. I promise when you do this, you will actually be way more present and effective in being there for others because it's about quality, not quantity. You can't give quality care when you neglect to have quality time with yourself. Hi, Bunny. Um, I'm really sorry if it's really loud. I'm currently walking outside in the rain. Um, but thank you for everything that you do and, and for sharing yourself with so many people. Um, you've been a huge part of my healing journey and... Thank you so much, um, and I love you so much. Um, so I'm in my early 20s, um, and due to COVID, I'm living at home with my mom again. Prior to this, um, I was living out of the country for two years, and I had my own apartment, my own art therapist, like beautiful friends. Um, I was going to therapy, and I felt so grounded and so loved, like I had really found a community that was right for me, especially 
after four years of um, university. Um, and because of COVID, I was kind of forced to come back home in March. Um, and I only had three days uh, to say goodbye to my life there and pack up all my things and go. Um, but since coming back home, my mom finalized her divorce from her abusive partner. Um, and I've been having to help her through that. And we had to move out of our childhood home. Um, and now I am sleeping on the floor <laughs> with no privacy or any space for myself. Um, my mom has substance abuse issues. And in the last two years, um, you know, she's been uh, having a lot of issues, like using too much. And I have a young 12-year-old sister, so I usually have to kind of pick up the role and tell my sister that it's not normal and push for her to kind of go to therapy and stuff and um, everyone has always really depended on me and I've always tried to help her and everyone but now um, she's just refusing to admit she there's a problem and says nothing is wrong with her and as many times as I try to speak up and talk about my boundaries um, they're kind of just ignored and I'm seen as too sensitive and um, that I'm trying to cause problems and everyone now calls me cranky and things like that um, because I just have I'm just using a, my voice now that I've recently found um, and so I have like a few muscular disorders and um, trying to work two jobs right now and apply to graduate school but my environment is just so triggering because I'm not only trying to make a safe space for my little sister but my inner child and it's just been so hard um it's too expensive to move out and it's currently not feasible because i really don't have a lot of money um i'm really trying to just handle everything but i'm just so so tired um how do i cope with being seen as the villain in my home when all i'm trying to do is set boundaries and create a safe space for me and my family while trying to plan for my future. Um, it's really, it's, it's been really hard. Um, and yeah, uh, I guess that's my question. Thank you so much, Bunny. I love the sounds of the rain in the background. It sounds so peaceful. Babe, I am so freaking proud of you for how incredibly hard you've worked on yourself to find your voice and how compassionate and caring you are as a sister and a daughter. You're doing everything right. I'm so sorry that you're in this extremely challenging situation. Addiction is so hard to navigate and I know you're doing your very best. What you need is more support and guidance. The thing with addiction is that when your mom is arguing with you or complaining about you or calling you names, it's not her that's talking. It's the addiction. So you can't reason with that or convince it to change. Unfortunately, that's not in your power. Have you ever heard of Al-Anon? It's like AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, but for family and friends of addicts. It's support groups with people who are going through the same thing that you are and trying to navigate the choices and boundaries you need to build a life that works for you. They also have support for teenagers like your sister. Because of COVID, they aren't meeting in person, but they are conducting Zoom meetings. 
I know a lot of people are iffy about Al-Anon and the 12 steps because of its religious component. But for me, the best part of these type of groups and services is the community. It's learning from other people and their experiences. It's getting advice and moral support. It's realizing that you are not alone. It's learning about other resources out there to help you. Also, are you still able to go to therapy? I know it costs money, but there are also some talk therapies that are cheaper and sliding scale. A therapist can help you work out a long-term plan of action. Have you ever gotten into crystals like rose quartz or tourmaline? I want you to have some protective stones and I want you to put them under your pillow to protect your energy or even wear one around your neck or keep it in your pocket. Will you send me your address? Just email it to me to exohigherself at gmail.com. I want to send you a crystal of mine that has been really helpful to me. As difficult as this time is in your life, this is a temporary situation. You are a doer. You are intelligent. You work hard and you believe in yourself. You're applying to graduate school. You got out of that situation before and you will find a way to better your situation now. You might not be able to see exactly how it's going to happen at the moment, but trust me, you will find the way. As much as you can, reach out for support from people who've been there before. In the meantime, remember your higher self is always there and is so freaking proud of the person that you are, of the love in your heart, of the compassion that you have. You're a superhero. I can feel it from here. There's a power in you that can never be diminished. There are angels of love all around you, protecting your energy, lifting you up. I have every confidence that your life is going to blossom and transform beautifully. Keep the faith. Hi, Bunny. I recently discovered the show, and I love it, but I am a person that struggles with BPD, and I know a lot of people that don't will also struggle with this, but even through these months of being alone with myself, I find that I really don't know who I am, and I was wondering if you had any ways for me to connect with myself, uh, with my sense of self, that would be great. Thank you. One of the surest signs that you're getting to know yourself on a deeper level is when you feel like you have no idea who you are anymore. Because what's happening is the parts of you that you used to define yourself with are no longer sufficient. I have a meme that says, me, I don't know who I am anymore. Higher self, you're just so much more than you thought you were. The truth is, no words can fully describe who we are. On one level, if someone asks you, who are you? You might say, my name is blah blah. I work at blah blah. I am blah years old. My ethnicity is blah blah. I have this mental health diagnosis. I have blah childhood trauma. My goals are blah blah. And the list goes on and on and on. On the surface level, those things, our personality and our psychological traits, we can use to define us. But do they really encapsulate the wholeness of who we are? No, they don't. Because on a deeper level, we are spirits having a human experience. We have been sent here in this form of these bodies to bring more love into the world. And we do that by realizing that love is truly who we are. When we identify with our higher selves, 
i.e. our spirit, we are making conscious that truth. We bring love into the world by becoming conscious of love's presence. How do we do that? We use all our human experiences, our trauma, our illnesses, our suffering, our privileges, our emotions, our experiences, our thoughts. We use them as a portal, an opening to our own self-realization, the place of being with a capital B. So if you are in a time in your life where you feel lost, where you don't know how to identify yourself, it's because you're letting go of the conditioning this world taught you of who you are. And lots of times that can feel scary. We're so attached to those definitions because it's what we know. We're like, what do you mean I'm love? I need something concrete, something tangible to hold on to. I need proof of who I am. Did you know that what we see the shapes, the forms, like the chair I'm sitting in right now. When you see a solid shape, it's actually a projection of your thoughts. You don't actually see the chair. You see all your past experiences and judgments of the chair, where it came from, how it got there, is it pretty or not, if you want a new chair. In order to fully see the chair, you have to be completely present in the now. You have to see it as itself, not how you relate to it. It's the same with knowing ourselves. We just have to be present with ourselves, not to find the words that truly define us, but just be with ourselves, the place where words can actually sum it up. The more you do that, get quiet and just be, you will feel who you really are. And when something like a pandemic happens, when the things we used to identify with are suddenly in question, it's like a jolt, a shot of energy in the direction of being. Now, we are confronted with something deeper, something magical, something indescribable, something unnameable. I use the term higher self because it's a higher level of awareness, but those words higher self will never come close to the actual experience of what higher self is. That is who you are. You are the witness to all of the experiences. It's not anything to be afraid of. It's not something to do right or to do wrong. It just simply is. And when you surrender to it, it is the safety that you're longing for. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. To hear extended episodes, get exclusive content, and directly support the making of Exo Higher Self, become a Patreon subscriber by making a small monthly contribution. We couldn't do this without the support of our patrons. Visit patreon.com backslash exohigherself. If you love the show and want to be in touch with what's new, follow us on Instagram at exohigherself. If you can, give us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. It greatly increases our chances to reach new listeners and expand the community. Be gentle, patient, and kind to yourself this week. Get quiet enough to hear what your heart is telling you. And thank your spirit for the opportunity. I love you, and so does your higher self. See you next week. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.